and amen. Boy, good looking crowd today. I'm going to ask uh, Jimmy Murphy pray for us, would you please, buddy? We'll get started. We'll be in two separate verses today, but if you want to turn to Psalm 100, that'll be a that'll be a good starting point. We will eventually get there, I promise. Might take a little bit, but we're going to get to those verses, okay? Uh, I heard a story. I'm not sure if it's true or not. You can tell me after the service if you think it is or not. But uh, I heard this story and even read about it uh, about an atheist who was walking in the woods one fall morning, and he was enjoying the the beauty of the big bang theory of evolution and he thought wow that that big bang thing was really pretty look at the sky and look at everything and he was walking down through the woods there and and all of a sudden a big old grizzly bear jumps out and confronts him and he starts running just as fast as he can <laughs> i mean he he's getting it and he's huffing and he's puffing and trying to get away from this old big old grizzly bear. And he looks back to see how close the bear is to him and he trips and falls. And there he lay. And the bear comes up and is, is ready to pounce. And, this, and the atheist cries out, oh, God, would you please help me? Immediately he hears this voice from heaven. He says, you've denied me all your life. You've denied that I even existed. You've told everybody that there is no God and, and you want me to help you now. Immediately the atheist thought, yeah, that's probably not a good theory to ask asking him to help me. So he decides to try a different approach. And he said, would you please make this bear a Christian bear? Okay. Immediately, the bear steps back from hovering over him. The bear clasps his hands together and bows his head. And the atheist thinking, man, there must be really a God because it looks like I'm going to be safe. And the bear begins to pray, oh, God, thank you for the food I'm about to receive. <laughs> See, the bear was thankful for what he was about to receive, was it not? Like I said, you can tell me if you believe that's a true story or not. I'm not sure. But what are you thankful for today? Is it the food that you're about to receive? Yeah, of course, of course. But I hope today as we begin this Thanksgiving season, you, your thankfulness is a little more than that. That I believe that we need to be at this time of the year thankful for the spiritual blessings that he's given to all of us. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that God sent his son to live on this earth. To shed his blood and to die on a cross and was resurrected three days later. Giving me and giving you an opportunity to have salvation. An opportunity to have your sins forgiven. 
an opportunity to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. And it's so easy in our life to be busy and we and everybody says, well, I'm thankful for my family and my kids and my job and all that kind of stuff. And the, you need to be. But I pray this Christmas, this Christmas, this Thanksgiving season, that you will pause and thank him for his son, Jesus. I pray that you'll pause and thank him for salvation. I mean, I, I honestly believe in my heart that you need to thank him every day for that, for your salvation. That God loved you enough to send his Holy Spirit to you in order to convict you of the way you were living. To show you that you were a a person who is a sinner in need of a Savior. And I'm so thankful he did that to me at the age of 12. And I want to thank him every day. Because you see, what happened on that day for me will last for an eternity. What happened on that day for you will last for an eternity. I'm not sure there's anything bigger than that that we as people should be able to be thankful for. Maybe that, in my mind, should be top of the list and everything else kind of just falls up underneath there. So I want to encourage you this Christmas. There it is again. I'm thinking of Christmas, aren't I? This Thanksgiving season that, that we spend more time being thankful for those kinds of things, those spiritual blessings that he's given to us. I mean, Ephesians 1, 3 tells us he has given us every spiritual blessing that we need. Thank you, Father, for sending your son, giving me an opportunity to live with you forever and forever. You know, this this Thanksgiving season, I, I think as Christians, thankfulness should flow from our mouths and from our heart. We have so much to be thankful for. I mean, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and we'll get there eventually, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. You see, if we don't have a heart of thankfulness, there is no way that we can come and worship and praise Him like we should. If we have a a heart of sinfulness and we have a, a, a heart of bitterness, there is no way that we can ever be thankful. We can never have a, an attitude of gratitude if those things we are harboring in our heart. You see, we must have a thankful heart because thankfulness relates to being able to worship and praise holy God. You know, the Bible gives us many different commands to praise Him. And as I was looking at some of these verses today, I came across Psalm 106, verse 1. And it says this, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His loving kindness is forevermore. That's a good verse. And then as I was studying it, I came across verse, uh, Psalm 107, verse 1. It said the very same thing. <laughs> I came across Psalms 118, verse 1. Said the same thing. Psalms 118, 29. Said the same thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Because He is good. 
and his loving kindness lasts forever. You know, God is good. God is good when we're on the mountaintop, is it? When life is good, when we are cruising, God is always good, always easy to praise him. But I'm here to tell you, God is good when we're in the valley too. When life is, does not fit, when life is hard and life is difficult, God is still good. And because of that, we thank him and we praise him and we remember and understand, even if we're in the valleys of life, that his love for you lasts forever and forever. Just those two thoughts that God is good and his love for us is forever and forever, that in itself ought to bring a thankfulness to you. Something that you ought to be able to speak. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for loving me forever and forever. And thank you for being good. The Bible says there is nothing bad, evil, wrong with God. He is perfect and he is good. And we are to praise his name because of it. You know, like any, any good parent out there, then, and we try to do this, and I know you guys do too, that those kids that we've got, those kiddos, we want to help them to remember to be thankful. I mean, how many times have you told them, what do you say? What do you say? They get something, what do you say? And we remind them constantly to, to be thankful. What do we say? They gave you. What are you going to do? And sometimes Kimber gets it. Sometimes she doesn't. And, and I, I know mom and dad are working on it. And I know pop and granny are working on it. What do you say? And you see, the father is the same way. In James 1, 17, we have this verse about kind of about that. And this verse reminds us, reminds us who gives us what we have. And it says this, James 1, 17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is where? From above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He reminds us in that verse, every good thing that we have, every perfect thing that we have, does not come from you, does not come from friends, does not come from family. It comes down from the Father of lights, who there is no variation, there's no shifting shadow. That when He gives us a gift, we are to be thankful for that. And that is a good gift, and that is a perfect gift. And we must remember where that comes from, and we must be a people like we teach our kids and grandkids. We must teach them to be thankful. And he's teaching us to be thankful. He wants us to be thankful, to be mindful of those things that he's given to us. Those good and perfect gifts is reminding us who we are to be thankful for. You know, being thankful does a lot of things for us. Did you know that? Having a thankful heart, having an attitude of gratitude, did you know, keeps us become, from becoming very arrogant and self-centered. Did you know that? It keeps us from being arrogant and self-centered. It keeps our relationship past our fellowship with Him 
in the right perspective. Because when we become arrogant because of who we think we are and what we have done, we become self-centered and we begin to think that we deserve and not the Father. Thankfulness keeps us from from arrogance, keeps us from being self-centered, keeps our relationship with Holy God on the right path like it should be. I believe thankfulness also is a reminder that who is in control of our lives. Who is in control of our lives? We get something good in our life. Sometimes we think it's because of my ability. And we forget to think that God is the one who gave you that ability. Did you know that? God is the one who gave you that mindset. God gave you that opportunity. God gave you that passion. God gave you the ability to do whatever you do. And because we are thankful, we understand that it is not me that is accomplishing all of this stuff, but it is God who is in control of our lives. It is God who has given you those desires, those passions, those abilities to do whatever He has called you to do. And you see, when we start thinking like that, it would keep arrogance and self-centeredness out of that, knowing that He and He alone is the one who has provided those things that you have in order to pay your bills, order to do this, order to do that, order to work in the church. It is God who has given those to you. And of course we know we spoke in our Sunday school class today about every spiritual gift that we have comes from down from the Father, does it not? And we all have them. All, every believer has a spiritual gift to be used. And we, when we give Him the credit for that, it keeps us from our self-centeredness and our arrogance and our boasting because we know He is the one that supplied that to us. We are thankful for that, that He is in control and He gives and that it's not us. I believe thankfulness also tells us and reminds us that we belong to Him, that we are one of His children, and that He wants to bless us, and He wants to help us, and He wants to be a part of our lives, and that we are His children and not ourselves. I told you Ephesians 1.3, every spiritual blessing comes down from the Father, reminding us who He is and that who we are. That we are his sheep of his pasture, the Bible will say. Thankful that we are that. I am thankful that he reminds us what we have. When we are thankful for what he has given to us, it reminds us who we, what we have. And it also reminds us what we don't have. It takes our focus away from what we do not have and puts it on what we do have. That's what being thankful does. We are thankful for His blessings. And as we thank Him and focus on the blessings of life that He's given to us, it takes our focus away from what we don't have. But how many times in our life do we we think, oh man, I need that. I need this. I need that. And we begin to focus on those kinds of things. And we forget. We forget what we do have. You see, a heart of thankfulness is, is important to us because it reminds us to thank Him for what He's given to us and not fret and worry and have anxiety over what we don't have. That maybe He'll provide one of these days. I don't know, but maybe He will. But it focuses on Him and not on ourselves. Thankfulness also 
keeps us from becoming bitter. Keeps us from becoming bitter. What does bitterness do in the life of a person? It steals our joy. It steals our happiness. It steals the blessing that God wants to give to us. You see, bitterness is difficult in the life of a Christian because when we can harbor bitterness, and and I even think you could put unforgiveness right there too if you wanted to. It keeps us from really worshiping the God of this universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It keeps us from being able to praise Him because we have bitterness and, and, and maybe anger and maybe unforgiveness and maybe sinfulness and this list could go on. And we cannot be thankful when those are being harbored in our lives. We must get rid of those kinds of things. We must confess those kind of things. And when we confess those kinds of things that are coming to our lives and He forgives us and cleanses us of all those kind of things, I can tell you at that point in your life, that becomes a thankfulness that you want to tell Him about. Father, thank You for taking unforgiveness away from me. And I can look at that person now and I can see him through your eyes and not my eyes and I have forgiven him. Thank you, Father, for me able to do that because you removed the bitterness from me. Thank you, Father, for that. You see, we can't praise him and worship him like we need to with all kinds of bitterness in our lives. In Psalm 100, verse 4, well, Psalm 100, let's go there first. I told you why I would get there. I want to read all five verses first, and we're going to come by and just quickly look at each one of these verses, because this is a great Thanksgiving verse. And you see what it says there, it, shall, it says in verse 1, it says, shout joy for, to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. That's a great thanksgiving verses right there. I just want to look at them just a bit. Dirk, put up verse 4, if you would, please, sir. Verse 4 says this, Enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. We see where it says, Enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. You know what that means? That means when we come into the presence of the Lord... When we come into the presence of the Lord, we come with thanksgiving, we come with praise. And you say, well, when, when do we come into the presence of the Lord? I mean, really? I hope and pray every Sunday at 1050 through 12, we're in the presence of the Lord. I and many others pray for that, right? We do that. We pray for God's presence. You've heard me pray that. We pray for His presence to be here. We pray that when we come to worship Him and, 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 and 
and give him praise and glory that his presence is here. And why would we ever want to have a service where his presence was not here? The Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, guess what? He be here. He is here in our presence. And we come humbly submitting our lives to him in this in his presence. I hope in your lifetime you have knelt in prayer and sensed the presence of holy God in your life. I cannot think of a better feeling as you come to the Lord in prayer and you sense and you feel his presence. That could be every day. That can be many times every day. I know personally for myself, I come in this this room right here. This is kind of my prayer room. And the lights are off and nobody's here. It's just me and the Lord. And what a great time that is of just me and him talking and listening and feeling his presence. And as I walk around the room and I walk through the aisles, I take time to pray for, for you guys because I know where most of you sit. <laughs> and I'll walk through those aisles and I just feel his presence and I just speak a word about you, whoever you are, as I go up and down the aisles. What a blessed time that is knowing that I am just in the very presence of holy God. And I pray that you will too experience that. I pray you have already and if you haven't, man, I would, I would urge you to find you a room, a spot somewhere where it's just you and God. And you can spend time with him, being open and honest, praying, asking him for your presence, asking him to lead, guide, and direct you, asking him what you can do for him. And just be humble enough just to come into his presence. And just ask him, say, Father, I, I need your presence here, Father. And I promise you, he'll give it to you. You see, the, the, the writer said, I want to enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We can do that too and feel the presence of holy God in our lives. You can cry out to him in the good times and the bad times. And guess what? His presence will be there. I would urge you to take advantage of that. Because there's nothing better. Once you, once you get up from being in the presence of the Lord, your day, I promise you, has been changed. Because you've given it to Him. I would urge you to do that. Thank Him for those times when you enter His courts and His gates with praise and thanksgiving. Why do we need to enter His gates and His courts with thanksgiving? Verse 5, Dirk, please. Answers that question, does it not? Why do we enter his gates and his courts? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. (laughs) The Lord has a good plan for your life. The Lord wants you to feel his goodness. It says, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Did you know the Lord loved you before you were ever created? The Bible says before the foundations of the world, the Lord knew you and loved you. 
Did you know the Lord loves you right now, presently? And the Lord's going to love you forever and forever in eternity. I don't know about you, but that's a thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In spite of who I am, in spite of my faults and my sins, he still loves me in the past, in the present, and in the future. That would be a hearty amen. And his faithfulness to all generations. We sang a song about the faithfulness of God. On Wednesday night, we studied the faithfulness of God as he gave promises to the prophets in the Old Testament. Moses and Abraham and David. And he made covenants and he made promises. And those promises will either take place now or will take place later on in eternity because he is faithful for what he's doing. We see his faithfulness when the sun comes up in the morning in the east and sets in the west. That is a picture of God's faithfulness. And I'm here today to tell you that his faithfulness to all generations comes directly to you and to me because he is faithful to you and me. He is faithful because he said, when you pass my son and my daughter, that when you pass from this old world, the angels will come and take you into the very presence of holy God, who Jesus has been building you a mansion, a dwelling place from 2,000 years ago. And he's going to put you there and leave you there and no one's going to snatch you out of the Father's hands. You see, that's a promise from holy God that he will never, ever renege on. He will make sure that happens. He says, no one will snatch me out of, no one will snatch you out of my Father's hands. That's a promise from this generation to every generation from here on out. You see, God is faithful in what he does. God cannot lie. There is nothing too big for God. There is nothing too impossible to God. And when he said, I will protect your salvation forever and forever by the power of God in 1 Peter, he means it. It's going to happen. Put it in the bank. Live that way live eternity that way because he is faithful I am thankful that he is faithful he won't get to the point at the end of time and he's looking at the Lamb's book of life and he goes "Ah, Herman I know you got to say but I I must have forgot writing that name down I guess you got to go depart from me Herman no no I've been saved over 50 years my name is still there written in the Lamb's book of life. He didn't, he didn't forget to write it down. For some of you, maybe it's 80 years. He still didn't forget it to write it down. It's still there in permanent ink. You see why? God is faithful. I am so thankful that God is so faithful. In verse 3, we read these words. Know that the Lord himself is God. I mean, we, did, we just know that. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And it is he who made us and not ourselves. Read Psalm 139 where it says God is speaking and he says, you know, I I saw you in the womb where I fearfully and wonderfully made you. He made us. He made us. He uses humans, but he makes us. And then he says, and I like this part, and not of ourselves. I mean, I mean, you hear of uh, uh, self-made millionaires. You see athletes that are making all these millions of dollars. You see businessmen that are making millions of dollars. And, and, and the world will say these are 
self-made millionaires. No, they're not. You can argue that if you want to. But like I said just previously, God gave you the opportunity, gave you the ability, gave you the mindset, gave you the passion, whatever it is. You're not self-made. God allowed that to happen into your life. And if God allows that to happen into your life, I would urge you to be thankful for the one who gave you those opportunities and those abilities. Because without him, you would not have those opportunities and be successful like that. He has made us and not ourselves. And what a great promise. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Bible tells us in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see, the job of a shepherd back in the day when David wrote that was to guard his sheep, protect his sheep, feed his sheep, provide for his sheep, care for his sheep, make sure his sheep were going to be okay. We are the sheep of his pasture. Who is his pasture? It is Jesus is the shepherd, the great shepherd. And he wants to protect you and to love you and to care for you and to guide you and, and do everything that you need. And because of that, because he is the shepherd and we are the sheep and we can't do anything without him in a sense, we must be thankful for that. That ought to draw out from us an attitude of gratitude like nothing else. That we get to be his sheep and he gets to be our protector, if you would, our eternal protector. Verses 1 and 2, it says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Doesn't that just, isn't that just kind of just uh, a happy verse, two verses there? Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serving the Lord should never be a drudgery. <laughs> should never be something that you don't look forward to. Serving the Lord means I, means I long to, to be a part of His his life that he has for me. I long to read his word. I long to pray. I long to come to his service so I can give him praise and worship. Serve the Lord with gladness is not an, an, an unhappy thing. Serving the Lord should bring joy and peace. And, and like that verse said, maybe, maybe shout. I don't know. And it sings joyfully to the Lord. For those who don't sing now, one day in the heavenly choir, you will sing. You will sing of his praises. You will sing of his glory. You will sing of the goodness that he has. I believe those verses are a picture of happiness and not sadness. And just for that fact alone, we should have a, a, a heart of thankfulness to him. And real quick, i got one other verse I want to give to you during this Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving season. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. And they're just very simple verses, <laughs> very simple verses. But it's for the Christian. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Look at the order of that. It says rejoice always. Well, how do we rejoice? How can we rejoice always in this old life? Well, the next verse tells us, because we are people that pray without ceasing during the day. And because we are people that are praying constantly to the Lord, what does the next verse say? 
It says in everything, in everything, we can give thanks to the Lord. You see, the spirit of rejoicing is undergirded with prayer. And because it's undergirded with prayer, this rejoicing, that we can understand that whatever happens in our lives, we can be happy and be thankful in every situation. In every situation. You know, the writer of that, Paul, he didn't say thankful for of everything. He didn't tell us to be thankful of everything. I mean, how can you be thankful for cancer and and heart disease and, and death and divorce and bankruptcy and all those all those yuck things that come into our lives. He he's not telling us to be thankful for that, all those. He's just telling us to be thankful within those circumstances that come into our lives. And how can we be thankful? Let me give you a couple things real quick and I'll be done. How can we be thankful in the circumstances of life? The first thing I think you need to understand is contentment does not come in circumstances. Think about that. Contentment does not come in circumstances. It is not the circumstances of life that bring us joy and peace and happiness or contentment. Contentment comes by having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Contentment comes knowing that God is in control, that God has a great plan for your life, Contentment comes in trusting Him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's where contentment comes from. Not from the, the, the circumstances or situations of life. It comes from knowing Him. And when things happen in our life, Second Corinthians tells us, it says, my grace is sufficient for you when we're dealing with life. A verse that I like to... to uh, repeat and to think about sometimes is, is Psalm 46 1 as it deals with contentment how can we be, be content and you look at that verse it's up there it says God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in times of trouble and then the next verse I don't know if he put it up there it says therefore I shall not fear therefore I shall not fear he is my refuge. He is where I run to when times are difficult. He is my strength. When I feel like I have no strength because of life's circumstances, He is my strength. And when I need help, guess who's there? He is. He is my help in times of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. You see, that's contentment right there, knowing that whatever's happened in your life, I can be content knowing that he is my refuge, my help, and my strength. Second thing, real quick, I want to give to you right now. You know, sometimes God allows things into our lives that are difficult. He does. God has a purpose for you and I. Does he know that? And that purpose is to mold us and to shape us to be a person that lives a life that looks like Jesus Christ to set us apart from this world, to have us live a life, to think like Him, have His mind that we talked about last week, okay? To be able to see things in a Christian Christ perspective, to forgive like He does, to love like He does, to walk like He does. That's what God wants to do with every person in this room 
It's to shape us to be more Christ-like. To be a person that looks like his son. Okay? And if that's the case, if that is the case, and we remember Romans 8.28 where it says, And I know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. When those things happen in our lives and we understand that, that God, because of his promises in that, in that one verse, I'm going to work it out for good. And then, and then I'm going to work it out for good. And then I know that, that what he has for me is a, is a good plan, that he's shaping me and molding me into be somebody that he's called us to be, and that is to be like Christ. When things happen in our lives, we can know that God is going to cause them to be good, somehow to be good for us, and He's going to use that to shape us into a person that looks like His Son, Jesus Christ. Is that not contentment? Is that not peace? Knowing that whatever happens, He knows it, and He's going to use it for good to shape you and me into somebody that looks like His Son. I don't know about you, but that's something to be thankful for. I mean, that's a huge thank you, Father. Because I know whatever happens, it's going to be for my good and for your glory. That's good stuff. Not because I said it, because God's Word said it. So whatever happens to you, know God sees it in control. He will use it somehow. I don't know how He's going to use some of that stuff. I don't know. For your good. And He's going to mold you into somebody that looks like His Son, Jesus. That's peace and that's contentment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for that kind of peace and that kind of contentment. You know, we can, we can grieve and still be thankful. Did you know that? We can be hurting and still be thankful. We can have questions and still be thankful. We can question, why is this happening? It's okay. God, God's big enough to handle that question. Did you know it? But we can still be thankful. Let me give you a few verses. I'm going to be quiet. Okay, I smell the turkey. Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Verse 17, dirt. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, delivers them out of all their troubles. That's something to be thankful for. Verse 18, dirt. The Lord is near the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. Verse 22. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. That's the Christians. And none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you hear what he says about that? That we can be thankful for? That the eyes of the Lord see. His ears hear when we cry out to him. He delivers us from all of our troubles. He is near the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit, who are depressed, who are down, and who are lonely. He is near to those folks and he has redeemed the souls of his, of his children. Those four verses there give you enough to be thankful for. Then when life is good, we, we can claim those verses. When life is bad, we claim those verses. That he is near, that he is hearing, he is seeing, he is delivering, he is saving. And he has redeemed the souls of his children. Thank you, Father, for those verses.
I would urge you this, Christ, this Thanksgiving season to have an attitude of gratitude for the many spiritual blessings that he's given to you. I think if you would just pause just one time and just, and just think, I am going to bless, thank him for every blessing. And, and you say, well, I can't, I can't pray that long. I, I, I pray maybe a minute or two. I can promise you if you would just start listing the, the, the things that he's done for you, I hope that you could be in prayer for about 30 minutes and just listing him and thanking him for everything that he's given to you, every good and perfect gift that he's given to you. I would urge you this week to find a time to do that. Set aside some time and to thank him and name them, like the song said, name them one by one, by one, by one. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I believe your, your heart will be changed if you're able to do that. Thanksgiving is a good time, isn't it? And we focus on thankfulness during this week. I urge you also as, as, you're, as Christians that you will be thankful every day. Every day. And if you can't think of anything to be thankful for, I would thank him for saving your soul for eternity. <laughs> There's no bigger thank you than that. As we bow our heads and close our eyes and prepare for our invitation time, I'm just going to... Uh, let you do business with the Lord. I would say, maybe thank Him for all that He's done for you. If you've never accepted Christ, He wants you to come now to accept Him. And then you too can have a thankful Thanksgiving. As you pray, the piano plays. Do business with our God.